Welcome to the Israel Conversation by Massah Leadership and Impact Center, the content engine behind Massah Israel Journey. We bring contemporary, challenging, and compelling Israel issues to light in ways that help us stay connected with what's really going on on the ground. I am your host, Michael Unterberg, here as always with co-host... Liel Zahaviasa. How you doing, Liel? I'm good. How's it going? Good. Thank God. Well, today we're dealing with a topic that's been in the news lately, but I don't know that most of our listeners really understood. I know I had some trouble understanding it. There were elements that were very surprising to me, even as I was reading about it. So we have a special guest to help explain what's going on and give some background to that story. Would you introduce her, please, Leo? For sure. Yeah. So today's guest, her name is Eliane Kremer. She is uh, an Uruguayan Israeli development expert with the experience in field research, analysis, and M&E in humanitarian aid and social development. She's directing the research and international relations of NCF, which is Negev Coexistence Forum, and she's working closely with uh, community activists. Welcome, Eliane. Welcome. Thank you. That's a very impressive uh, CV. <laughs> yes, I've done a couple of things uh, throughout my life. <laughs> so, so before we get into the actual story, can you explain what your organization is and what it does? The Negev Coexistence Forum? Sure. So uh, Negev Coexistence Forum, or NCF, is a grassroots organization that was created in 1997 by Jewish and Arab residents of the Negev, or the Nakav in Arabic, mm. um, to protect the rights of the indigenous people living in the Nakav. The Bedouins are considered an indigenous minority by the UN and to work for rights equality for all residents in the Negev. So we, uh, we have our work is mainly uh, based on research, local and international advocacy. We also have uh, field projects like documentation uh, uh, projects. And uh, we enable women and children with cameras and, and teach them about human rights. And uh, we organize exhibitions, we uh, enable them to raise their voices and tell their stories around the world and also locally. So this is, uh, in summary, what, what we do. And what brought you to this organization? Are you from the Negev? Uh, no, actually, um, I was uh, born and raised in Uruguay. Um, I, uh, I was uh, born and raised in a Jewish community. I, my BA was in uh, international relations, and uh, I was always very drawn to, to learning about new communities and new cultures. And so I, uh, I moved to Israel in 2015 to study a, a master's in community development at the Hebrew University. Mm-hmm. I worked with refugees and asylum seekers, uh, and I started getting more and more involved in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and starting to discover this uh, world of minorities uh, mm-hmm. that are not Jewish in this Jewish country, and how this uh, kind of uh, uh, relates with the Jewish life here and with the government. It's very interesting. It's very complex. So I, uh, yes, I got to this uh, organization that I very much am, am connected to, even emotionally, because mm-hmm. uh, my colleagues are also Bedouin, and uh, we try to support their struggle and, 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 you know, from a from a place of solidarity, mostly. And this is really one of the frontiers of Israel as a developing nation state. The Declaration of Independence promises that all minorities will be treated properly and ethically, but this to create a Jewish nation state that that its minorities feel totally 
they belong to and invest in is one of Israel's mission. And it's, it's really difficult. Like it's not, it's easy to say that that's what your nation's going to do, but the Negev is one of those places. It's all over the country. Of course, there's minorities. Over 20% of Israelis are minorities. Yes, yes, it's it's very difficult, uh, but I, I have to say that the Bedouins they are Israeli citizens, and uh, I, I uh, so I will say that uh, there are thirty five unrecognized Bedouin villages mm-hmm. in the Negev that the state refuses to recognize. Mm-hmm. Um, based on land disputes, the Bedouins claim uh, uh, the Bedouins live there. They were a semi-nomadic population that lived there before 48, when the, when the state was established. Uh, they were evicted and they escaped uh, uh, to Jordan, to Gaza, to Egypt. So something like uh, between 60,000 and 100,000 Bedouins lived in the Negev before the creation of the state. And uh, uh, after 48, only 10% stayed there. Hmm. But they lived there and they were concentrated in a, in a, uh, in a zone called Al-Sia by the uh, Israeli, between the 50s and the 60s in, uh, in a zone called Al-Sia uh, under military administration. And then they were concentrated in uh, in uh, urban uh, townships, which is the which has been the Israeli policy towards the Bedouin, uh, which is very sad because uh, they are, like I said, an indigenous population that uh, are agricultural and, uh, and they're semi-nomadic. They, they traditionally they move yeah. around. Yes, but now that since uh, uh, the creation of the state, they they lived on this uh, on these lands, and and before also, and uh, and the state is uh, is um, is doing a policy of eviction towards them, and 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 wants to concentrate them on uh, urban townships. And urbanize them, and, and in a way that doesn't respect their traditional way of life. So, like I said, there are 35 unrecognized villages in total. 300 uh, and 300,000 uh, uh, Bedouin residents that are distributed in three uh, types of settlements: recognized villages, unrecognized villages, and these urban townships. So this dispute is a, a land dispute, but these are Israeli citizens, which means that they, the state is responsible for, uh, for, for their well-being, for, uh, uh, for them to access basic services, for them to access education and employment and so on. But this uh, more more or less a hundred thousand population that lives in unrecognized villages, they don't have access to any basic infrastructure, uh, uh, no water, no electricity, no paved roads, and eighty uh, percent of them live under the poverty line, which is very very worrying and it's usually under the radar, um, but. Yes, we do this advocacy work for the state to to change its policy and recognize uh, the situation of of, of this uh, this minority that that are Israeli citizens, like I said. So I I know I was surprised, and just because I had never thought of it, 
that to me, it sounds like planting trees in my head. Planting trees in Israel is always something. Why would you argue about that? Planting trees just seems so good. Like the idea of trees being planted. So why why was that so controversial? And why were the protests so, uh, what's the word? I don't know. Why were there such energetic protests against the planting of trees, which to most people just seems positive? Okay, so last Monday, 10th of January, the JNF, or Jewish National Fund, uh, arrived uh, with the tractors escorted by the police and began to prepare the area of about 50 dunams to plant trees in the surroundings of the unrecognized village of Kirbat el Watan, which is located south of the village of Sawa. These are Bedouin villages that have uh, land disputes, okay? These works destroyed olive and fig trees that were uprooted, as well as grains. So the, the afforestation is being, is being done on lands with land claims submitted by the Alatrash family, who used to live there before 1948. So those, but, but those land claims that were, were filed in 1973 were never discussed or approved, which makes this, this land still in dispute. So a lands that are, these lands are in dispute and the Bedouins claim them uh, that, they're, uh, they, that the state doesn't recognize their, uh, their right of ownership. And so when the tractors come and start working on their lands, they feel they feel they feel challenged. They feel threatened, and they start protesting for what they claim it's theirs. It's so, not that the courts uh, ruled that it's not theirs. It's that there's been no court ruling. They made a claim. Yes, that's right. The court the court disregarded uh, these these uh, land claims. And, and how how much but, of this is 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 is, is a just a cultural difference in understanding what owning land means. In other words, the Bedouin culture and these families have been part of that land and they've traveled across it for who knows how many years, could be, you know, centuries. And, you know, Israel's working in a modern 21st century legal system with, you know, paperwork and things like that. And so how much of it is just that these Bedouin feel it's theirs and Israel just doesn't have the paperwork to see and understand theirs. And so these, these disputes go on for decades. Yeah, so the, the afforestation is done with any planning approvals. Uh, they, they are not a, they are not part of the national out, but, uh, national plan for forest and forestry. Okay, mm -hmm. the government and the JNF have set up a planting coordination committee with the purpose to to make areas around Bedouin villages or near them and to plant in them with the objective to preserve the land. So this is not something that uh, is uh, random or it's part of a it's part of a plan. It's not. It's not part of the plan, and and uh, and it's uh, it's even it can be even interpreted as uh, as um, part of a more uh, broad uh, conflict or um, yes or uh, issue in the government. And it can be interpreted as, as uh, the right wing uh, wanted to destabilize the, the government uh, through the JNF or Kakal, which is the the, the, the little blue brand. boxes that we all put money in when we were kids. Yeah, yeah. The JNF those little <laughs> blue boxes. That's how we all think of them. I also did. You know. Yeah, yeah. We all did. Yeah, we all did. But but when you realize that that 
there's more of that, and it's not only the, 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 the nice and kind act of planting trees, but in fact, people are living here. And, and this, is, this, is, this is threatening the, the, their way of life. And I need to say now that, that uh, um, this is one of the mechanisms of the state to displace the Bedouins, such as home demolitions. The Bedouins experience uh, uh, home demolitions because they, they are located in areas unrecognized by the government. So uh, an average of 2,500 demolitions per year are done in the Negev. Imagine that, that uh, uh, they, they are used to receiving demolition orders, their, their children grow up with police, you know, big forces. We know Israeli police and the power mm -hmm. it has and the power it has also to oppress with violent means that I will speak about this later, but uh, uh, it's, it's treating well, it's scary when the police come, yeah. It's, yeah, it's Even if you're not the minority, minority, police can be scary. Mm -hmm. I, I, I said that it, it's, uh, it's treating a minority uh, 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 only through the, the enforcement side of uh, the story and and not and not uh, being able to understand that this minority has a, a need to be recognized and 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 be able to to carry out a participatory process of recognition so this is their plight to be recognized in fact there are, there is a process of recognition now that this government uh, approved of three unrecognized villages of Hashem uh, Zane Rahame and Abde um, that is also a little bit problematic because the government uh, made a, a decision to approve this, uh, to, to recognize these villages with the condition that 70% of the residents move inside the limits of the village before the recognition is done. It's a, it's a complex, but... Um, Yes, it's a it's it's a conflict that has many many roots and many areas, mm -hmm. and um, but the government still needs to provide uh, uh, the, the the means for this to be solved because it's uh, their responsibility. Can you help us understand um, why suddenly the uproar is happening now? I mean, I know that this has obviously happened in the past, and 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 in this this time, it's really made it into the news as as pretty much the major headline of the week. Can do you have an explanation for that, or help us understand that a little bit more? Well, it's it, it happened now, like it happened before. I think the question should be more: uh, Why the protest now? The, why mm -hmm. this protest happened now? Because there there have been uh, 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 plantations of the cacao. And there still are in different places that people don't don't protest. Uh, so so it's it's uh, actually connected to what I said. Uh, these these lands that are being uh, uprooted um, are under land claims uh, by the Alatrash family, and they submitted these land claims that were never discussed. And so, but what's interesting now is that there is, uh, in the coalition government, there is uh, an Arab representative now, and the, the United Arab Party by Mansour Abbas, uh, who in fact got almost 50% of the votes of the Bedouin. Mm -hmm. So here, the Bedouin feel that 
they can claim they can claim their flight of the recognition because uh, they they give them their vote or, and their trust and uh, they need to to get it in return. So these protests are in a way a claim to be recognized and and to receive. Um, what they gave in their vote, their, the trust they gave and, 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 and the recognition they expect to, to receive. So yes, this is something that, uh, that it's, it's very important that is happening now. Now, the Israeli government really has a big problem. In other words, it, we, it's, it's certainly uh, appropriate to criticize where they're doing a bad job, but they have adjusted over the decades because this really is a big problem. In, in addition to what I was talking about earlier, that the concept of land ownership is different in the Bedouin culture than it is in Israel or in, in, in Western democracies. But also, the Bedouin lifestyle is so culturally different than a 21st century lifestyle. So in a village where you have polygamy or what we would think of as inappropriate ways to treat children or, it, you know, and, and Israel at first, in the first decades, in the 50s and 60s, was trying to assimilate them into the 20, 20th century. And Israel's sort of given up on that project, but still doesn't really know how. And, and on the one hand, I think what you're doing is important, pushing Israel to do a better job. But on the other hand, it really is hard. <laughs> it's, it's a really, it's an old traditional lifestyle. And on one hand, democratic values say you have to respect the culture and let them live culturally the way they do. And on the other hand, a lot of their cultural values really clash, you know, attitudes towards women and children. It, it really... Uh, attitudes against education. You know, I, I, I've met Bedouin who've gone to university and in their communities, they're, they're not necessarily treated well because they're seen as betraying their, like, it really legitimately is complicated. And I don't know that, I, I, there are no easy answers to these sorts of problems. Am I, am I wrong? That's my understanding. Well, I, I, I will have to disagree, you know, Michael, because sure, sure. what they are claiming, what the Bedouin are asking is to be recognized as uh, uh, agricultural uh, townships or, or villages. Like you have uh, Moshevim, like you have mm -hmm. Kibbutzim, you know, not urban uh, settlements. This is what, this is all they are asking to be yeah, recognized yeah, yeah. as non-urban. Not so the cultural part I'm not sure the government needs to uh, get involved in it. Yes, polygamy, other things, but don't we have other minorities within the, the Jewish people? I mean, the Haredim, we have Elonim, uh, sure, sure, sure. and this shouldn't be a reason uh, not to include a minority and provide them with, with, with their rights and obligations as well, of course. But uh, uh, this is all they are asking to be recognized uh, uh, with their different type of life, like like Jewish can receive so the recognition a, of, of their moshavim or kibbutzim. Um, and and regarding regarding other other social things, let me tell you, uh, because yes, a lot of people speak about polygamy, but let me tell you that the central bureau of statistics doesn't uh, doesn't enter the villages to do a census of of the in the Bedouin and recognized villages the, the government and the state doesn't have accurate and valid information about the socioeconomic needs of one of its most, most vulnerable populations so there is not really a policy a concrete how, how can you elaborate a policy if you don't have 
uh, information about how many people live in their houses, their, uh, where, do we, where do they work, uh, how many of them get to university. The state is neglecting them on the map and also in, 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 in statistics. So um, this is something that needs to be changed. I don't know if I, I answered your question. Well, I, I, I think you did, but I think, uh, but I still have an issue with your answer. I think I still disagree with you because I understand what you're saying about the land disputes can be resolved by using other agricultural models. I'm not, I don't really know enough about that to, it sounds like what you're saying is fair. I just, so I'll, I'll take your word for it for the conversation. But in terms of the cultural issues, when you said like, aren't there other communities that live with different values? Well, sure, Haredi communities live by their own set of values, but they have to integrate into a 21st century society so that if parents are uh, mistreating kids or marrying off a 14-year-old or, in other words, the state will get involved and those citizens have to follow their obligations as citizens of the state and they have to live by, whether they think they should or not. They are forced by the Absolutely. police to live by Absolutely. 21st century. I, I agree. I agree with you about this. Uh, th that's and, not really true, though, in the Bedouin community. But there is something that needs to be done first. These people don't have running water. They don't have internet. The children couldn't, many of them drop out during the COVID because they couldn't uh, continue. They don't have computers. Mm -hmm. so, so when we are talking about the violation of basic rights, you first need to solve this and then uh, worry about uh, uh, maybe domestic violence or other types of violence. You know, there is a lot of talks and, and maybe in, in the media about uh, violence and, and delinquency in the veteran communities. Isn't this connected to, to poverty levels, high poverty levels? So this needs to be addressed in a, in a very comprehensive way and, and in a way that doesn't judge and criminalize them, but in a way that, that helps them and support them, you know. I, uh, this is our perspective. Uh, when, when you work with minorities that are not like the majority, there is, there is a need of understanding them, uh, yes, in a more comprehensive way uh, that, that uh, is not punishing them, which is what they are experiencing right now. They are experiencing eviction on their, from their lands. They are experiencing demolition of their houses. You know, basic rights of housing, of adequate housing, is not being respected. And 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 not uh, not to say that Israel is violating a, 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 a several international covenants on 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 these rights. Yeah, I'm not I'm not arguing with you about. The problem on that, on the on the Israeli government end, I am saying that to, to say to take them in and make them fully part of the state and give them all the rights as citizens, that does criminalize them because it does then obligates them to be, in other words, full citizenship is a two-way street. Mm -hmm. and, and so it means the state has obligations, but it also means the citizen has obligations. And so I don't know how to solve this problem because I, I agree with everything you're saying, that they are full citizens and then absolutely deserve to be hooked up to the infrastructure and and be as Israeli as 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 any other Israeli. But on the other hand, they're also saying at the same time, but don't criminalize us for our culture. Well, your culture contains what the state of Israel calls real crimes. And so and so say, but don't criminalize them. They're already doing it. They're already, uh, it, it, what you're saying sounds uh, uh, beautiful, but I don't know that it's, 
I think there were real logistical, and, and I don't, I don't think you should agree with me in your job. In other words, your job as an advocate is to push on your side. I don't mean like an attorney. I mean like a an advocate. That's what you are. So of course you're advocating for the community. But I'm just saying, as an Israeli citizen, I hear you. But I also hear that it's really legitimately complicated. Not oh Israel, they the government they don't care about international law, but legitimately. The closer they look, the more they're going to... You think that land disruption is a problem. Wait till they start breaking up families. Wait till they start taking children away from their parents. Wait till they start, uh, you know, uh, uh, taking wives away from their husbands because they're being beaten. Uh, that that That's what full recognition could mean. And that's the real criminals. So, so this is really a we are, hard we are problem. We are far from that, Michael. We are far from that. Like yeah, I yeah. said... First step first, yeah, these I hear people you. don't have running water. And yeah. this is the state, you know, this is the state responsibility. Uh, uh, people, uh, things could get complex in the way you describe. I agree. But Israel has all the uh, 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 social and anthropological even means to carry out census, to address a minority, you know, uh, we have uh, uh, several departments in very important universities here that would know how to advise on, on, on how to treat a minority. You remind me, I had a course in the university, in, university, in my master's, it was about uh, uh, ethics in uh, international organizations mm -hmm. and how do development workers work when they go and work in a community that uh, they're outsiders. Mm -hmm. And how how should they proceed? You know, should they bring their own uh, their own uh, culture and mandates as, as the things that are right, mm -hmm. or should they first get to know the basics of of the of this other culture that they're outsiders and understand how to, for example, in communities that that have uh, uh, women mutilation. That, mm -hmm. Right. That's a classic be, example. Yeah. Uh, how 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 female genital how mutilation should be addressed? They should yeah. be said what you are doing is wrong. Stop doing it. Or they should be enabled in a way. Um. The 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 the, the consequences or the implications. You know, you can't you can't come to your minorities and 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 say that your culture is the right culture and theirs are wrong. So so. A lot of sensitivity needs to be done here, and I think, I, like I said, like this, this, this government and this state has the tools to 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 work properly and and to work with a, a, a social workers or whoever is needed to address the different social issues. But let me say that when demolitions happen, which cause a lot of trauma, imagine sure. that. That your your cousins or your your sons' houses are demolished because yeah, they don't yeah. have a building permit, and and they need to you know they need to orga reorganize themselves, and some couples are destroyed because they are they are um, expected to be able to provide for their families, and their the state is uh, is preventing this, and they are destroyed, and children are are uh, they grow up with this. No social workers arrive during this demolition operations, only the police. And then the media speaks about uh, uh, the resident throwing uh, um, stones, you know, something completely disconnected. 
uh, uh, they don't have other tools. Uh, they, they are not even explained why they, their house is the most basic thing for, for, for human well-being uh, is not enabled to them. So, so we are very far away from the, even uh, intervening in the, in the topic of, of polygamy when, again, the, the basic, very basic things are not covered. Well, I'll even go a step further in terms of what you're saying, which is that you shouldn't have to send in social workers. They should already be integrated as part of the community mm -hmm. to prepare them. And if if something has to happen, then they should be part of it. And if they however they take part in it, that should be integrated into their community already, not something sent in for a demolition, because why would you trust a social worker sent in to help me Absolutely. deal with it? So, so uh, and, I, and this is something, yeah, and this is something we, we organize a, a meeting between the Ministry of Justice and the mm -hmm. Hebrew University, inviting uh, other uh, uh, governmental entities on the on the top of the statistical gap, and 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 we 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 find out that that uh, yes, there is no because the the CBS, the Central Bureau of Statistics, is saying that it's very difficult for them to enter the villages and, and people don't trust them; they don't open their their doors. Why is this? Because they don't trust the government. Sure. Because the the government, different governments have been uh, uh, have been uh, uh, carrying out uh, very very violent policies towards them. So of course they are not going to. So so this is the main issue, the trust issue. Mm -hmm. They don't trust their own government because they feel that they are being evicted constantly. So this this is very complex, and I also don't have an answer for this. Right. But I know that this uh, this is a vulnerable minority that uh, the state has the tools to help them. This is I'm sure about this. I'm sure they don't. <laughs> I think I think that we think of states and government. I, I have a rule. Don't you're, underestimate the the state of Israel, Michael. <laughs> well, I'll tell you why I do. Because every office I've ever worked in, every company, every school, every business I've ever worked in has always had a high level of dysfunction where we all looked at each other and said, we can't believe we're actually getting the work done based on how everybody works here. I have a rule called the, the rule of assumed sophistication, where we think that's how where I work is. But if you go to these other places, they're not like that. And I assume everyone's like that, which is why I don't mean I don't mean to be silly, but a TV show like The Office or a comic strip like Dilbert, people read those things and they go, "Oh, I get it." And then you watch Mash and you go, "Oh boy, the army must be so dysfunctional." Then you talk to an Israeli soldier and they go, "Yeah, the army's totally dysfunctional. Everyone's dysfunctional." So I, I don't really believe in the competence of the Israeli government, and I applaud actually uh, people who say I don't trust the government coming into my house because you, I'm not against the state and I'm not against government. I just I want to be realistic about what they are and what they can accomplish. And I think that what you described is 100% accurate in terms of people who work for the community or in the community have to approach it sort of like an anthropologist, where I don't come with my cultural bias. I have to come to be part of their community and learn from them. But that's not, and that is, that is I would say, that sounds like your job. And it sounds like you're the kind of person with a kind of caring and love for, for that, 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 comes naturally to you. But part of what the, and, and I still say this, and, and what your, your tactics all make sense to me, but strategically, at the end of the day, the Negev community being separated from the Israeli community and not being looked at closely 
and being sort of the stepchild of Israeli society. I don't know how to use the word benefit because I don't think it's the right word, but 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 the advantage is once you integrate them and they become fully citizens and they have all their water and all their electricity, and then you don't have to be a feminist are, to say- They are fully citizens. They are- hundred percent. No, treated. I mean, I said treated. I think I said, yes. if I didn't, I apologize. Yes. Once they're treated <laughs> fully as citizens. So then, you know, you don't have to be a feminist group to say, well, hold on a second. <laughs> Put aside, you know, female genital mutilation. I mean, that's that stops today. That stops polygamy. Stops today. That stops. There are going to be advocacy groups within the government that say, "I also vote," and there is no way the police can allow that. And they are going to be loud, and they're not going to be only right wingers who are racist. They're going to be advocacy groups that say, "So, so, so." Tactically, I understand what you're saying. You're saying, "Here's what has to come first. I'm also telling you, here's what comes next. As sure as the sun will rise tomorrow, the outcry once, uh, and, and you said before the, how the media took, I, I find the media almost never talks about the Bedouin. I find that Israelis almost never talk about the Bedouin. They are a forgotten part. And I think that's why what you do is so important. And that's why we want an episode with you saying what you're saying. But I, but I, but I also, as an Israeli citizen, I'm very concerned about what happens the next day. After all the connection and after they're treated totally fairly and after... The and, and 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 I will even say what you're describing today is better than it used to be in the 50s and 60s. I mean, and even into the 70s to a certain extent, the Israeli government was brutal to this community and its demand that they live uh, the 20th century lifestyle that, that was absolutely alien to them. It was it didn't have any sort of anthropological approach. It was really and over the course of the 70s and the 80s and 90s, it actually became more respectful and, and kept its distance more. As the as the and I don't want to say solution because it's the wrong word because it just keeps the problem going, but the Israeli government backed off a lot and said these people don't want to change and we have to respect that and so we'll back away and that's where we are today I think we're we're in the the real after the Israeli government realized you can't change these people they're a really close knit culture that really believes in who they are so we're just going to step back and that led to this disconnection which is also unhealthy but I. I and, and, and but I'm not to change them. Why? Why change them? Why that should be the approach? I think because, because as Michael said before, it's a two-way street. Because Israeli society mean? sees like, abusing women are, as bad. The Israeli society is a society made up of so many minorities that can't abuse women. This that doesn't have to do with this, uh, uh, Michael. I'm sorry. It, it, There's it, no it abuse of women in the Bedouin community. With, is polygamy uh, uh, respectful to women? Well, some can say that the Brit Mila is also an abusive uh, uh, practice. You know? They can, but that's not what Israeli society or the Israeli state says. The Israeli state says that that's not. The Israeli state does say that doing that to girls is. So I, I'm, not, I'm not, even without applying universal standards of morality, to be but, fully Israeli I, means to live by Israeli standards. We need to think, do, do we want to help this minority uh, uh, to be included in your Israeli society? Or we want to, to judge them for their practices and, and what this creates is the criminalization. Right. This is, I think, the, the question we, we need to ask ourselves as, as, as Israelis also, that we have a responsibility towards a, 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 a more vulnerable populations, right? So if, if a Haredi father beats his child because that's what in his culture they say is appropriate, the police shouldn't come? Because we have to be, why should we want to change them? 
Yes, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, uh, violence shouldn't take place and abusive practice shouldn't take place, but the, it's not the, the, the topic we are discussing here. We are discussing the topic of a minority that is being neglected and, 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 and is being neglected as a people and, and the, the obligations of the government to recognize this. There are other, you know, many, uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure there are many, many very rich things about the Bedouin community. For sure, for sure. That we don't even know about. You for know? sure, and, and, for sure. And so, but are we giving ourselves the possibility of even uh, uh, learning about this and, and, and being able to help them? Because this, this trust crisis is not only with the government, of course. No. It starts with the government. It continues with the Israeli society. You are most welcome to come to a, a tour in the NACAP with us. We organize tours and, and we go to recognize unrecognized villages and townships. You will be able to speak with the residents yourselves to listen to their plights. They're very, very welcoming. They very love much having so. people. Yeah, yeah. So you are most welcome to come. And, and, and I haven't come with yeah. your group, but I but I have gone to meet and talk. And and everything you're saying is a hundred percent true. But I, I, when you say it's not what we're talking about, I can't have one-sided conversations by nature. I'm I'm I can't I I'm not an advocate. I'm an educator. And and so that puts me at a disadvantage in in changing the world. Because whereas you are really making a difference, you are building something, you are fighting for something. So I'm not I'm not trying to change your mind, and I'm not even arguing with you. I'm just saying, I'm looking at the other side of the complexity, and I worry about it. That's what I am. I'm an old Jewish man. I look I look at <laughs> I, <laughs> I look at the complexity, and I, and I want a better life for everyone, and I want everyone to be included. But I but I think it really is. Whatever the next steps are in this story, there's trouble up ahead, no matter how it's handled. It, 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 this is a complicated, as are really dealing with in any democracy. There's no, find me a country in the world where minority relationships aren't complicated within a broader society. But here, this one in particular, because the Negev, when we drive by and we see how they live, so I always I always show my kids because we don't stop. Usually we don't stop to. to I, I've gone on tours, but I don't go casually as an individual to go to negative villages. But I do show my kids when we drive by, and I say, "Look, you see the solar panels with the tents, with the camels, with the you know, with the with the radar dish. Look at how the look at how the Bedouin are love their culture, love who they are, but are also part of the modern world. It's not really different than we as Jews that they're that they're." That they're trying to, you know, navigate how to keep their cultural cultural heritage and still adapt in the modern world. Like that's, and so so when I present them as with a, with a with a crisis with a constant crisis with the state, we we shouldn't miss this, right? With a constant, I'll, I'll accept not, that. That's not that they choose to live with a solar panel and with a small tube uh, that that provides them with water. This is here, here. There's a big gap from the state that that makes and and makes up this 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 way of uh, of living also. I'm Nahum, sure because they're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would much. It would be much easier if the state provided that infrastructure. But look how creative they are. In other words, I I, I think of there course, is the, the, the level of resilience of these yeah. communities 
Uh, this is mainly why why we also choose to to work for them and and to support them because their level of resilience is something that uh, is very very unique yeah. and and it's it's worth supporting them because they they want to continue fighting for for their rights uh, living here you know uh, but yes it's a, it's a complex situation that that uh, we will continue to to work and and support. I think I cut off the L. I apologize. And, I, and I, was just, no, I was just no, it's fine. No, no problem. I was just no, I was just gonna. I don't know if it's relevant. I was just gonna say that um, there are some great examples of minorities who have their own townships or towns. Um, we have Alawite communities. We have Druze communities. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's something that's possible and something that I really like what you said before about this idea of a two-way street um, mm-hmm. and about them being recognized as citizens and them partaking fully in that and and all of that and what that entails and the government, you know, in in response, treating them as such. Nachon. So we have some good examples of that. We have a good example of the social contract. And it really is the social contract mm-hmm. of, okay, well, we we understand that full recognition, full being treated as a full citizen means both rights, but it also means obligations. And that's tricky. And it's and, and I don't mean this as I, I I don't want to sound disparaging, but it is it is a particularly tricky story in the Bedouin community for all of its beauty, and it is beautiful. And 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 not only we can also thank the Bedouin for a lot of positive things that they've done in terms of our even our security, Bedouin cooperation with. But also, let's be honest. Part of, there, there's an enormous criminal element that that was very involved in all sorts of, of of criminal enterprises that actually spread through the state. That they became the conduit for not only smuggling things like drugs, but also humans. I mean, th- th- this is an incredibly complex problem. I, I, and I'm not, that's not your problem to solve, Aliyah. You're, and, and I'm not, again, I, I, I'm not saying this to disparage anything that you're doing. I'm just saying, for me, strategically, there are steps down the road that are going to be, a, a, this is a really difficult problem that isn't, and 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 your job in 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 advocating positively and advocating for change in the Israeli policy is absolutely part of the solution. And 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 if you say this is what we have to do first, I'll go for it. Like that's that if that's the order that you think it should be, that's great. I don't have a, a problem with that. But I, I'm also thinking like the next step in the chessboard is that other side of the equation is going to be a, a rough. A rough transition. I need to say that that it's worth exploring other other cases of indigenous people in other countries and yeah. what were the solutions there to solve the conflict. Mostly horrible, right? You look at North yes. America, you look at Australia, you know the stories. I'm from of, Uruguay. You know what happened to the charruas? <laughs> I don't actually. Yes, don't they, they, they they were mutilated in 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 the very beginnings of the of oh, yeah. the history of the state. Uh, They're usually but, horror but, stories. Yes, yes, but but if we look into positive stories, the way of the of the state to solve this issue is recognizing a minority and their particular way of life, and and including them instead of neglecting them and discriminating them and, and evicting them. This is this is the way to solve this, not through police oppression, not through violence. And we when you speak about about delinquency, this is like I said, this is connected to to lack of infrastructure and back of course it's chicken and the egg. Yeah. But I wanted to add also that that Please. you said 
this is our work and what we are doing is very important. You know, hopefully I wouldn't be doing this. And right. and and and, right. and you know how how this is possible? This is the state's obligation. This is if if this struggle wasn't here, we wouldn't be here. And right. and, and the, the indigenous Bedouin communities would be respected and 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 could live uh, with dignity like the rest of the cities unfortunately this is the reality and and we are here to to make this bridge so that the the state does take responsibility for for this minority and and, and their well-being well I, I actually think you're not giving yourself enough credit for for who you are and what you do because in a democracy I don't think you're supposed to the people have the power means you can't rely or trust the state to do its job properly. And it's the people who need to tell the government and boss the government to do what they need to do. Because again, I, I don't, I don't, I, I think you are fulfilling the mission of a good citizen in every sense of the meaning and saying, if the government's not doing it, then I, in, in, in Jewish sources, right? If, if I don't know how to say it in English, if, if you see, if you see there's no one doing it, be the person who does it. Right, but which is a, I understand a masculine way to say it, but I'm saying, but if there's no person doing it, then do it. You be that person and you jump into the gap. So you, you and your organization both, well, and it doesn't matter to me if you're talking about Jews or Arabs or Olim or Sabras or whatever. It's Israelis. It's Israelis working together to make a better outcome for everyone. Yes, and mostly it's it's uh, human beings that that deserve yep. the same rights yep. and. and the same respect, disregard of, of, of their ethnicity or origins, you know. So this is this is my main uh, my main focus here. I feel that yes, it's my obligation mainly because uh, uh, I'm also Jewish and mm-hmm. I received my citizenship the first day I arrived in the airport when I made Aliyah, mm-hmm. and then I discovered these people that have been living here since. Mm-hmm before the beginning of the state and don't, mm-hmm. they don't have even the right to, to you know, they don't have, uh, they, they ha- get their home demolished. How is this possible even? Mm-hmm. So this big gap between between status and, and, and them being considered like first great citizens, it's unacceptable for me at a, yeah, as a Jew uh, even, mm-hmm. but, but mainly as a, as a human that, that, that lives on this earth. So yes, this is the the motor of uh, of my work mainly. Well, I think that most of us look at things like that and we we go, and we feel bad for about thirty seconds. Then we go on with our day, and a person like you devotes their life to to addressing the problem and fighting for for a better future. So uh, really, kolakavod to you. You're I think what you're doing is is heroic, and and I uh, and I hope our listeners see you as a role model, as somebody who doesn't complain about society, they try to make a difference and try to make the world better. Thank you. Thank you. And you're most welcome to, to come to the Nakab and, uh, and uh, make new friends. <laughs> I absolutely want to take you up on that one. And, uh, you know, if we could get, even with students, I would do that. That sounds like a terrific. Yes. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because as Jews and as Israelis and as humans and as whatever we are, it's always the more we learn about each other. And sometimes that means being a little uncomfortable for a few minutes till we realize, oh, it's just a human. So we're all okay here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think those are the best types of learning activities for anyone. I just, I, I would love to do that. 
Yeah, great. Happy to organize. <laughs> awesome. Maybe we could do, uh, in all seriousness, maybe just us teachers could go as a, we were always looking for things as teachers to go to learn more, to, to understand. That would be a great, well, whatever. We'll talk when we're off the podcast. The podcast listeners don't care about our <laughs> logistics. Uh, maybe but it, we'll do it. <laughs> they should. Mm -hmm. They should. And uh, I'll obviously put a link to your organization in the notes to the podcast if listeners want to follow up and learn more. Um, and if you have anything you want me to put into the notes on the podcast with links or anything, please send it and we'll put it into the notes so, so listeners can just, it's easy for them if they just click the link in the. I will. We have even, uh, we have a section with the reports and position papers we we release and then produce every year, like a home demolitions report that I'm happy to share as well. Yeah, Vakasha, put, if you want it in the, if you want it on the thing, send it and I'll put it. Great. Yeah. Well, again, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate thank it. You. Thank you. Thank you for creating this space, for, for telling these important things and then for being a, a, a understanding also, although having different opinions. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't. It's not that I have a different opinion. It's that I'm, I'm, I'm worried. I think what you're doing is right. I think I'm very worried that it's a, well, I, whatever. I made my case. <laughs> it's not that I disagree. I think, I, and I mean it. to you. I really think what you're doing is terrific. I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a huge problem. And, and it's not your job to solve the whole problem, Eliane. I'm not saying that you or your organization, that's not your obligation. It's all of us have to find yes. ways to solve. It's not, you're, you're pushing. Let, let me just apologize if it came out that I'm trying to criticize what you're doing. I'm not. You're taking on an angle of the problem that is the most acute and 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 that's I think really heroic, and if it's a bigger problem that I'm saying it, it's also bigger than that. But that's not all on you, and your organization mm -hmm. is solving the the most immediate pressing aspect of the problem. That's what you're supposed to be doing. So I have no problem with. I, it's not that I disagree or, but but uh, but I'm worried. I am. I'm worried. I'm worried that even when you succeed, there's a lot more work to do. And and maybe you'll be a part of it. Maybe other people will take over that part. I don't know. But all we can do is is solve the problems in front of us right now and make them better. And then we'll deal with those next problems down the line. Yes, I agree with you that we are all responsible to solving this problem. Um, the, the thing is that I think it should be solved from a human level. Yeah, you know? yeah that's for sure true. That's for sure mm -hmm. true. Yeah, yeah. But that's also what I'm saying. And so so I'm worried because once you get to whatever, I would I don't want to rehash. It's uh I think I think I yeah, made the case. So again, thank you so much. Thank you, Lee L. And we don't have to log off the Zoom, but it is the end of the episode. So I'm gonna stop the recordings. Bye bye. Masa Israel Journey is dedicated to shaping a promising future for the young Jewish individual, the global Jewish community, and the connection to the state of Israel. Masa offers life-transforming, long-term opportunities in Israel that allows fellows to create their own future. Check out MasaIsrael.org for more info.